Welcome to The Design Diaries, a podcast for creatives, freelancers, and business owners looking for candid conversations and real advice. I'm Melissa, self-taught designer turned freelancer and now studio owner, here to share my experiences and help you reach your goals. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're talking difficult client situations and how to handle them more or less. I am not speaking on this because anything has happened recently. Thank the heavens. I've um, actually been loving my client experience lately and all the clients I've been working with, we just like mesh on a, like a spiritual level. Um, fun fact, one of my clients, um, we actually have the exact same natal chart. Like we're the same rising, same moon, same sun, which is crazy. But anyways, so I'm, I'm the reason why I'm doing this episode isn't because of any sort of like traumatic experience that's happening recently, but rather because I've noticed that I've gotten lots of questions and there's been lots of posts on Instagram about negative client experiences lately. And I just figured that from somebody who's gone through quite their fair share of tough slash awkward client situations, I figured I would offer my two cents on how I got out of them, things that I wish I had done slash, you know, just tips for handling situations like this in the future. Hopefully you never have to go through them, but if you're going through them right now or in the case that you do, I hope this episode is helpful. So I asked you guys on Instagram to submit a couple of situations that you either, you know, experienced firsthand or just ones that you'd like for me to address. And so I'm going to be going over five different scenarios with clients and hopefully that will give you a snippet of how I like to go about handling different things that are a little bit tense or a bit more awkward in nature. So I do want to preface, I'm always prefacing things, first of all, like in my podcast episodes, I feel like I'm always like, disclaimer, disclaimer, like preface, like no, because I think it's just because I, even though I like to give advice and I like to give my two cents on things, I also think it's super important that everyone not take advice straight on. I think that everybody needs to kind of take everyone else's advice including my own with grains of salt and remember that we're all very very different very different personalities backgrounds preferences and so because of that advice isn't going to be clear-cut and applicable to everybody so i think my disclaimer for this episode is just to remember that what's important is your comfort and reducing your personal anxiety or stress in the situation so even though i'm recommending certain ways of responding that doesn't mean that my way of responding is the best solution for you. It's just an example because it may be that my way of responding to situations would give you lots of anxiety or stress or discomfort and potentially a different way of responding would bring you the least amount of, and I think that's the right solution for you. Whatever that is, I don't know, but I do want to say that what may be helpful for me may not be helpful for you. And so I would just play around a little bit and think about your own personality, what makes you comfortable, what makes you anxious, um, what gives you stress, and then avoid that sort of situation rather than necessarily taking this at face value. Okay, a disclaimer over. Let's jump into the first situation. So one situation that I've experienced myself and that um, somebody submitted on Instagram was the issue where a client is a little too involved or gives too much feedback or, or has general trust issues where a client feels maybe uneasy about their investment or really wants to make sure it's perfect, which is fine, but maybe they are a little too hands-on, potentially putting on too much pressure, and generally 
not giving enough trust to the designer and their expertise. And I think that's, we can sum up that this issue as like, you know, the client not trusting the designer's expert or the creative's expertise. So this situation is fairly common, I feel, especially if you're working in the niche of like entrepreneurs where money and funding is usually tight and the investment into branding or photography or whatever your service is, is usually higher up there in rates. And so people tend to be a little bit more nervous about the investment. And I understand that. Um, I think that when it comes to client trust issues, there's usually a reason for it. And I think that in this situation, what's helpful for me and what I've found to be helpful in the past situation where I've had this before is to find the root of the trust issue and not necessarily address the behavior that's a result, but rather try and trace back where this client feels uneasy and try to tackle that and give them reassurance on that rather than potentially like reprimanding whatever behavior is is a side effect. So let me give a more concrete example. So let's say a client is very hands-on in terms of creative direction and so they're giving me like color palettes they're giving me mood boards they're giving me logo and typography inspiration and let's say that they're trying to tell me what it is that they think is right for their business like i do a consultation i do a brand strategy deck and they don't think that what i put together was is is aligned with their business despite me very firmly believing from expertise that that is the case so in that situation, there's a couple of things you could do, right? You could, you know, fight back with a person and be like, you know, I'm, I am the expert, you're paying me, you know, or you just need to back off. You could also say like, you know, I am an expert, I need you to trust me, and I think, you know, you are a little too hands-on or please don't send me XYZ thing. And all of those approaches are valid. I think all of those approaches, you know, would could work. My personal, my experience, because I had done those approaches before, I find that that usually gets returned with a bit of retaliation, the client feeling a bit like you don't want them involved, and the client ultimately kind of feels like crappy because they they are passionate, right? And maybe they don't know how to communicate that passion. And so if you tell them to back off or like, don't do this and don't do that, it does make them feel a little bit apprehensive to collaborate in the future, which is not what you want. You want a very openly collaborative environment. You just want a bit more trust, right? So what I think is more effective rather than just trying to tell a client like, don't do this, don't do that, is rather to try and ask them like, you know, where is potentially a a point of tension for you? Like, did you have a, a poor experience with the past designer? Like, are is this like a very high budget expense for you? You know, what are your concerns with this project? And I think that some people think that that's not an appropriate question to ask a client, but I honestly think that it's important to make your client feel like they can trust you with that information, to make them feel like they can confide on in you if they're worried. Because if they're worried, it's your job or it's it's you're in a position to be able to alleviate that stress and make their client experience better because if they're worried and you have no idea you might be fighting a losing battle because you actually have no idea you know what they're thinking how they're feeling and you could construe their messages their actions in a way that may be destructive for the project so asking them like what are your concerns of the project what are your hesitations like are you worried about anything like be completely honest with me like let's just let's just have a good relationship in this and like very open and transparent and in that case you know sometimes the client will be like yeah like this is 
you know, 90% of my budget and I'm just really nervous. I really want it to go well. Or, um, yeah, I had a really bad experience with the previous designer. Or another example is like, yeah, I just naturally like to, to do everything myself. And it's my first time outsourcing and it's just really crazy for me. And when you learn that kind of information, it gives you better insight as to what kinds of things can I do to alleviate that and to make them feel more relaxed. So if the case is like they have never outsourced before, for example, what you can do is you can have them be involved, like maybe do like some more frequent calls, for example, to make them feel like they're a part of the process, right? But instead of necessarily like allowing them to send you things, what you can do is you can talk through maybe your decks. You can talk through things rather than just sending them files and adding notes to it. Just making them feel like they're part of things, giving them that sense of control without actually giving them control is a really good way of easing them into that whole process. And so I think that's just one example where if your client needs to kind of loosen the reins a little bit, it's usually a reason. It's usually not because they don't actually trust you. Because if they didn't trust you, then they wouldn't have hired you. They wouldn't be paying you this money. It's usually stemming from something else. And to to ensure that your client, you know, relation is positive and not passive or just dis- distinct and separated, I would recommend giving them some space to be more open about what they're feeling and then you responding in turn. So that's the first situation. Another situation that I've definitely repetitively experienced is scope creep and, you know, excessive revisions, excessive asks, um, especially if it's a project that's larger, like has a lot of moving parts. Um, And there's a couple of different ways that I think you should handle the situation. I'm not going to say should, but that you can handle the situation. So one way is being a bit of a hard ass, um, but in a nice way. And basically just saying, I'm sorry, you only booked two revisions with this package. Um, We can add another round of revision for XYZ amount. I'd be happy to do that. Just so you know, it would push back our project timeline by XYZ. And, you know, if that's something you want to do, I can make a proposal or I can add that to our project. And, And that's something that you can do if you want to keep yourself from, you know, kind of getting screwed over or taking advantage of. That's one way I think that I've... I've found comfort in using just because it makes me feel like I'm setting a boundary. But sometimes that's like really scary, (laughs) like being like that and being like, okay, well, if you want an extra revision, like it's more money. Because a lot of the times, like I said, I'm working with entrepreneurs in the space and I don't want them paying a bunch of extra money if maybe they're not happy with the final product, right? Like if they're unhappy, I want to put in the extra work so that they are happy because I never want to have someone unsatisfied with my service. But that's going to require extra time and effort, which then screws me over. But I don't want to disappoint them and also charge them more money. So in that dilemma, which I completely empathize and have experienced recently, is to have an open dialogue with your client and let them know like what you're thinking. And this sounds really crazy. Like, I shouldn't be having a conversation about whether or not to charge them money. But I think people, especially business owners and especially people in your niche that you tend to, you know, meld with will actually be really grateful that you're showing some vulnerability and some transparency because I think people are more likely to be empathetic to your situation and maybe say like, oh, you know, I really appreciate you wanting to take the extra time to perfect this. Like, 
I, I can pay for the extra revision. Maybe I just need a payment plan on it. Or like, I really appreciate your time with the extra revision. I can't really afford it. Is there some middle ground where we can just tweak it a little bit? You know, you can have a conversation where it's not a lose-lose or it's not like a complete, you know, disparate sort of deal where you're just losing everything and losing time and losing money. There's always a compromise to be made, but in order for compromises to happen, you need to have both sides involved, giving and taking. So I think that's the main thing I, I personally have found to be the most effective is instead of maybe just saying like, okay, well, if you want more, you're going to have to pay more because I find that really difficult for me personally, but it is a very effective way. Instead of doing that, you can introduce your your concerns or your hesitations to the client with what's going on, and you can work through it together. And I think that ever since I've started doing this and also my strategy that I mentioned before with the previous situation is that I've noticed that my relationship with my clients is a lot more um, open and honest. And if I'm running late on... A deadline or something I don't feel like oh crap they're gonna fire me they're gonna think I'm unprofessional they're gonna hate me blah 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 they gonna be disappointed I feel quite comfortable if I like really need it as an emergency because I feel like we've created an environment where we understand the other person has a life it has struggles and has thoughts and worries and we're not acting like these robots that are just perfect business running machines when you start to create an environment like that, it's just a lot more amiable. It's a much healthier kind of relationship because then you can make mistakes or you can like have hesitations, you can have concerns and it can be open and acceptable. Like it's okay to have emotions and feelings and and, and stress. Um, if you create an environment where it's like complete professional and I mean, I'm not saying this to like deride anybody who has that kind of environment because I, I respect it totally. But sometimes that environment can put a lot of pressure on you as a business owner to like never mess up because it's like, if I ever mess up, then it's kind of like, is the client going to clap back at me with some policy or with some, some sort of hard ass line kind of like I'm doing with them. So I just think in my personal experience, making it a little bit more amiable and more open, more transparent can be really beneficial for both you and for the client because then maybe sometimes they're more happy because they understand what's going on and then you're happy because you're not dealing with it on your own. The environment's a little bit more um, friendly for you and like lower pressure and it's just, it's easier to deal with things when you do it together. So that goes, kind of bleeds into another situation that was submitted and that is the issue of late payments, late feedback or like unresponsiveness from a client, especially in the niche that I work in with just like brand and web design a lot of what we do is dependent upon client feedback and revisions are also again like completely dependent upon client feedback and so with projects that have like a set timeline when clients are late or when payments are late it it means that you can't go forward with the project it means that now the project potentially that you booked afterwards is also delayed and it also means that you know the, this person's unresponsiveness or their tardiness can potentially affect later projects of people who are unrelated to this project. And that can be, become a really sticky situation because how do you tell a client like, hey, like you need to pick up the pace. You need to like do your work. Um, I know some people have been stated like pretty harsh policies with this. Like if you're late by XYZ days or if you don't answer XYZ emails, then there's a fee or we drop you or 
And I think all of those must work for those people. But for some reason, I just feel like that creates an environment, again, where like nobody's allowed to mess up. Nobody's allowed to have like a moment. Um, I mean, I've talked about this before, but like I have had some pretty serious or like some pretty debilitating like mental health moments where I just needed like a couple of days like I just really couldn't work or focus on anything and that meant that I was late on a couple of deadlines late on a couple of things just like a few days right but I wasn't answering like Instagram wasn't answering my emails I just I needed to unplug and I didn't really give any warning to my clients which obviously I don't recommend but it was that it was something that had to happen and I think that the reason why I felt like that was okay was because my clients and I had created this environment where like if like like stuff happens and life happens and we're not going to condemn the other person for when those things happen because like like I said like there's like this mutual empathy for the other person in their life and I think that that sort of environment is just so nice to be working in it's unlike anything else I think out there like working in corporate environment for example it's just really not like that um I really, really love that I get to get to create my own work culture. And so whenever you create a more flexible, just very slightly lenient or just more understanding type of approach to things like late payments, late feedback, I think that does create a slightly healthier or or not healthy. I'm not, I don't want to say like the other ways are unhealthy, but it creates just a more friendly environment and one that's more positive for me at least especially with my mental health um and I just think that that kind of extra pressure and stress from being with super rigid with a bunch of like rules and policies on lateness can then bite you in the butt in the in the event that you need a bit of understanding and then the client does a 180 an uno reverse and (laughs) kind of pulls it on you and you're kind of like stuck so my compromise for that is you I mean you don't want to be completely flexible and then people are just completely on payments never get feedback that kind of thing i think what i have done that has worked really well it's kind of more organic is that one in my welcome guide i just mentioned that part of the client responsibility is to respond to things on time and to do their part and with that if they don't do their part i can't do my job another thing that i say is i don't put like a clear like if you don't answer in this many days and blah, 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 if you're late by this many days, then it's over. But I do say that there's a suspension kind of clause where if the client delays their project for any reason, like tardy payments, tardy responses, you know, fails to, I guess, complete all of their responsibilities that are dependent, I'm dependent upon for the, the project, then, you know, we have to suspend the project to a later date to avoid it conflicting with my booked projects afterwards and I don't put any sort of number on there like if you're late by two days and it's suspended it's more of a my call thing where it's like I can decide if it has been enough of an issue where we need to move it or if it's not and I think that sort of flexibility is great because then I can make the call if it gets to a serious point but it's not so rigid where clients are like terrified to like be late with anything and are like scared even to like ask for more time or to ask for some leniency so that's my personal take on how to approach that situation but um I'm sure there are lots of other ones that I could probably find for you but that's just what I'm saying for now 
So the next situation or scenario is when your vision is mismatched, like your client and yourself, you have some sort of disconnect, you're just not meshing, um, or maybe you and the client are getting along, and that can mean either like rude altercations or like, you know, negative vibes, or it can also just mean that you guys just don't seem to understand each other in terms of like creatively and verbally like you're just your communications off and I think that happens and I that something that I talked about in my episode on breaking up with a client it was a diary entry and with that client we just we really liked really liked each other it was just literally that our brains did not work in the same way and when that's the case there are a couple of different things you can do and a couple of steps varying in severity that we can cover So the first thing that you can do is just talk it out. You know, you can just bring it up that, hey, like I'm kind of sensing that we're kind of at a disconnect creatively. My vision, your vision don't seem to align or like we're having trouble communicating. And you can talk through maybe ways to improve that if you want to continue the project, if you think that it's something you can go over and you can improve upon. And I think that can be a really great solution. As you can see, the thread of this, the topic and focus of this podcast is just to have open communication with your client and to not bottle things up. Um, But another step that if you do think it's a bit more severe and it's to the point where you don't even think you can have that sort of conversation is you can potentially terminate it. (laughs) I'm trying to think of a nicer way to say than terminate it because it makes me think of like termination, like the Terminator, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. But basically, when it cuts to an extreme where you don't believe that dialogue is possible, I think to when it gets to that point, it's kind of beyond saving, in my personal opinion, and in my personal experience. Like, once you get to the point where you don't think communication will fix anything, or you think that, or, or maybe you've communicated multiple times already, and nothing has changed, I think at that point, it might be right to part ways, especially if the client's being rude or if you're having sort of altercations or negativity between you two. I definitely think you don't really need that kind of presence in your business because being a business owner is stressful enough, let alone having a client that's like terrible, like haunting you, like like peering over your shoulder like a dark shadow and ruining, you know, every single time you go on your email and having to see their emails and blah, blah, blah. Because trust me, I've been there. I've had that. So instead of firing the client or breaking things off in like a really dramatic and stressful, anxiety-inducing way, what I recommend instead is to either, one, have a call, but have all of your bullet points kind of listed um, and have, you know, next steps for parting ways or write an email kind of listing what's going on, and what are the next steps. I think what's always important is I always like to write an email. Not always. This hasn't happened to me like a million times. But when it does happen, I like to have bullet points or kind of a list in my head just in case that the client is blindsided and they don't, don't understand why. I think it's nice to kind of say, you know, here are the reasons why I've felt this way or here are a couple of instances where I've felt maybe we, we were disconnected or I feel XYZ and for that reason I would like XYZ and essentially after explaining all those things and kind of talking it out just so the client is aware 
then you can say, so the next steps I believe is I'm just going to finish up what I'm working on right now. I'll give you the files for that since you paid for it and everything. Um, but for the remainder of the project, we're not, we're not going to continue. I can recommend someone to work with you that potentially may be more aligned with you or, you know, I hope we can part ways um, amiably. I don't like want us to be in conflict with one another. I wish you the best. You know, it, and having the next steps kind of seals the deal that like this is over and it kind of tells the client and yourself like what is the last thing you're going to be working on for them and that's when questions like oh when um or what do I owe you you know how much left is there what happens now are there refunds involved like that's when those questions can be addressed and then that can be your last call or your last interaction with them um and for that reason it's important to kind of review your contract or know some of your policies before the call just in case they ask you like oh what's the policy for refunds like how much do I get prorated back like and those are things that you should probably calculate beforehand or know off the top of your head like so I'll finish this and this was 50% of the project so you get 50% back or you only paid xyz so you actually won't be getting anything back you actually owe me xyz so those are just things that I think are important to know also knowing like oh do they get usage rights because they, they for the complete project or because you didn't complete it, do they not get any rights? Like, what is, what's the deal with that? And you can just talk it all out through this call. So that way, the breakup and the review of all of the policies and termination logistics are finite and into one call. And you don't have to go hop in another call after breaking up with them again. Um, or another email. So your email chain can be, like, can be condensed to, like, one or two emails max. So that's just what I recommend. And obviously, I hope that you never have to encounter such a horrible situation. But in the event that you do, that's my personal take on the most ideal way to handle it. Um, and hopefully that's helpful. So my very last situation or scenario is when you're working with a friend or a client that you like personally, um, this can be a really pleasant situation or it can be very stressful because not only is the normal stress or pressure of client work present but also the pressure of wanting to maintain and respect that relationship with the person and sometimes it can be really difficult because that professional boundary is crossed and you can't really be maybe as hard or you can't be as I guess strict with different things. Sometimes also if the person knows you really well or feels like you guys are cool, sometimes they might want extra things. They won't understand your policies. They may not respect XYZ elements of working with you. And that can be really, really difficult because that completely changes your experience and it can sometimes undermine your expertise. It can undermine your process and that can be a nightmare even if it's nice to work with the person. So my recommendation for this, even though I've never done this personally, I've never worked with like a friend. Um, I have worked with people, I guess, that I, I really like personally. But my recommendation is before you start, I think it's important to take them through the whole process like normal because that will set the ball rolling. So for example, like let's say a friend from school, like college, reaches out to you and they're like, hey, like I need a branding identity for my new business. And can you send me a quote? Instead of emailing them back a quote and then getting started or texting them back a quote, 
I think it's important that you take them through the normal onboarding process, the normal booking process. So be like, yeah, sure. Can you fill out this brand inquiry form? Let's schedule a consultation call. You go on the call and you can like be friendly. Like you guys are friends, obviously, but talk through it and ask them the questions that you would in a normal consultation. And then afterwards be like, okay, so here's a proposal. Um, here's a contract. Here's the invoice. You need to pay this deposit. You need to send the contract by XYZ date to, to finalize the booking and onboard them like normal. And what that's going to do is that's going to reinstate the professional kind of framework onto this project that is just diluted by kind of friendship or like casualness. And by taking them through formal processes, that kind of puts you back into the professional chair and kind of lets them know like, yes, we're friends and I'm excited to do this for you, but also it's my territory and I need you to kind of abide by my process and the way I do things. And if there are ever issues like, you know, boundaries being crossed or friends not wanting to kind of align with things, I think what's great about working with friends is that there's supposed to be people that you can talk to more candidly than a normal stranger, right? Sometimes it just takes them being like, again, the whole open dialogue conversation thing again. But if they're your friends and if there's somebody that you really want to maintain a relationship with, you should like really heavily consider just having an honest conversation again with them being like hey like just to reiterate i'm really excited to work with you and i'm really happy that we're working together however like it helps me the most when i run projects in this way and there's a level of kind of like trust and respect for my expertise and obviously i know you're gonna respect me i know you're gonna like be a great client so it would just be super helpful if you could abide by all of the little policies and different structures that I have in place because it just helps my process a lot and helps me work better if and I would appreciate it and and then I'm sure I'm positive that this person is not going to be like no you know (laughs) after hearing that from you and understanding maybe like your reasoning and hearing from you directly like why they want you to do certain things rather than just like a formality and like actually hearing that it helps you I think if they're good friends then they're absolutely going to want to abide by those things so that's my final situation or scenario. I hope that was helpful. I know this was a really long episode, probably my longest, but we had a lot of situations to go through. If you have any questions or any more scenarios that you want me to answer or give advice on, feel free to DM me as always on the podcast Instagram or my Instagram. I'm always happy to help. If you liked this episode, please share it. Um, I'd love also love if you could leave a review on Apple podcast reviews for us because it helps us out a lot. Um, I'll see you in the next episode and I hope you have a good morning, afternoon, or night wherever you are listening to this. Um, All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Design Diaries. We'll catch you on the next episode.